Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. We have this tendency to judge actions based on the kind of person we believe them to be. And in that process, we don't allow a person to make mistakes. The person is just bad. And when we start feeling like a person is bad in our relationships, rather than looking at their behavior, it takes the relationship to a very, very negative place. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're just really glad you've joined us. You know what? I am just really in a bad mood today, and I think you had a lot to do with it, Dr. Linda. Uh, excuse me? My fault? Chris, can we talk about this later? We're actually recording. We're actually starting our show. But you, you come in here all cheery and ready to go, and then and it's making it hard for me to be happy and excited about this. So I should apologize to you for your bad mood? <laughs> of course not. No. <laughs> what are you I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> I just blamed you for my bad mood right here in front of everyone. <laughs> it was my way of introducing the topic of our show today, which is blame. So, Dr. Linda, how did you feel when I just started blaming you? Well, honestly, like I wanted to throw my coffee at you. <laughs> but of course, I, I restrained myself, right? But the point here is that no one likes to be blamed, especially for the things that they didn't do. So, like, I am not responsible for your mood this morning. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel good if you tried to blame me for that. So the point here that we're going to bring out really well, I think, in this show is that blame does not help a relationship. And uh, when we do it, it certainly makes the other person feel bad or even angry a lot of times. But you know what, Chris? There sure is a lot of blame going around in our culture today. And it's not just on the national scene. It's really in our relationships as well. And since this is a relationship show, we're going to focus on the impact of blame in our relationships. So let's start with this first basic question. Why do we do it? I mean, this started in the garden with Adam and Eve when Adam blamed Eve for his decision to eat the fruit. You know, not only did he blame Eve, but he also blamed God for giving him the woman. Remember he said, <laughs> this is the woman you gave me? Right. So blame has been around for a long time. So there's definitely plenty of it. We always become frustrated when we're caught in a negative action. And that's what happened to Adam and Eve, right? They got caught doing something. When they got caught, instead of taking responsibility for that action, they engaged in blame. And as a consequence of that, Chris, they were forced right outside of the garden. And then Adam was cursed to labor, and the woman was cursed to submit to her husband and to bear children in pain. So I can blame Adam every morning on my way to work, and <laughs> women in labor can blame Eve. Yeah, we could, and we probably do that every once in a while, though I don't know that I've ever heard any woman scream out <laughs> Eve's name during labor. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a good study to see if anybody ever does that? Anyway, what good does it do to blame Adam and Eve for anybody's problems, right? It doesn't really work. And just because the first couple shifted their responsibility to try and relieve themselves of accountability, it doesn't mean that we should do this. And after all, you know, it really did cost them paradise. And as we know, Blame didn't stop in the garden. It's 
still with us today, despite its negative impact on our relationships. Yeah, and one of the negative impacts is that blame can be a type of emotional abuse. I don't know if you've ever thought about it like that, but think about how it feels time and again when you're in a relationship. Let's say you do something unintentional, and your partner's response to that is to consistently blame you. You know, a relationship based on that type of constant blame, that is really emotionally abused. So we need to think about how often we blame in our current relationships and then ask, what is that doing to my intimacy with that person or to my partnership with that person? When I think about blame, I can see how it starts young. I have three children and I can easily see how children point the finger at others. It's sort of a a natural response or use blame when they are caught doing something that they shouldn't do. So have you seen that much with your children? Not much, but they do try to play that game here and there, yes. Yeah, yeah. When I think about it, I had brothers, and my middle brother especially would try to do that fairly often. But hopefully if you're a parent, you don't let that pass, and you hold your child accountable. And this is the problem. If the child is not held accountable early on, that can actually set up a bad habit of not taking responsibility and finding out that blame is really an effective way to you know, get out of something that they did that was wrong. So as children get older, you know, they can then start using this as sort of a defense mechanism, Chris, to sort of protect themselves from harm, even when they know that they're in trouble. And it's just so tempting to do that because it's easy and it gets you out of something and it helps you avoid some type of bad feeling or consequence that you don't want to feel. Well, do you think in our adult relationships that blame is also used to protect our self-image? I mean, if someone else is always to blame, it's always someone else's fault. You don't have to look at your own actions. Yeah, it can stop you from looking at that gap between who you might think you are and who you really are, what you're actually doing in that relationship. And because that gap can mean that, you know, that you would need to grow and change. But if you're not aware of that, you're not paying attention to that kind of blaming action that you're doing, then blame just keeps you stuck and it keeps you from thinking about your failings and the flaws that you might have. And we all have them, right? So it's not like anybody's perfect, but when you don't think about it and you use this blame strategy, it can really be problematic in a relationship. We've talked about narcissism on the show and Mm -hmm. they like to blame shift a lot. Yes. Do you think that we are always aware that we're using blame to avoid responsibility? You know, that's a good question. I don't think it always is the case, especially when it becomes really habitual for someone. You know, it's sort of like their second nature to just lash out. And if you've been hurt a lot and you've had a lot of problems in your life, you can start doing that as a way to protect yourself like we've been talking about. And you can do it so often that you don't even think about it anymore when it's happening. Uh, This is what we see on the political scene, don't you think? It's such a constant, and it's so automatic now. I think it's really going to be hard for politicians to stop doing this, but it is a problem, and using blame keeps you focused on fixing other people and does help you avoid your own behavior. So if we're constantly other-focused, then we don't have to think about how we are behaving. Well, you found an interesting study on the damage caused by blame. Tell us what you found. So the researchers in the study found that people who blame others for their mistake actually lose status, status in their personal life, status at work. They learn less and they perform worse relative you know, to those who own up to their own mistakes. So I thought that's interesting. There are some actual specific consequences to this that are not the ones we typically think about. And then they found these results also apply to people in organizations. So groups and organizations that have a rampant culture of 
blame have a serious disadvantage when it comes to things like creativity, learning, innovation, and productive risk-taking. So the negative effects of blame are pretty serious. There are people who do that, and honestly, it's hard to trust them when they act that way. Yeah, that's one of the fallouts, as we'll talk some more. Mm -hmm. Knowing blame is destructive doesn't seem to stop us, frankly. Uh, Why is this? There must be another motivation for why we continue to do it. You know, there's several reasons. I think the first one that comes to mind to me is that we blame to explain why something happened. Instead of looking for a complicated why to a problem, A lot of times we just want to have a really quick cause and effect. And I think we saw that in the political seasons when people are just trying to blame politicians for things like blaming Trump for every ill in American life. It isn't necessarily a helpful strategy, and it certainly doesn't deal with the complexities of problems. It just makes it a quick cause and effect. Right. And regardless of how you feel about former President Trump, it is true. Right now, yeah. he, he is blamed and was blamed for every problem that we have. Yeah, and the problem with this is that it keeps us from discussing solutions to real problems that we're having right now. Mm. You know, I don't want to keep hearing about what he did right or wrong. We've moved on. We need to focus on now and how things can be different. And that is also true in our personal relationships. Blame is just a quick fix that just accuses people and it just doesn't solve anything. Mm, that's a very good point. And uh, Dr. Linda, don't blame me for this, but we do do need to take a quick break. More on why we blame so much and a short quiz to recognize if you are a blamer. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Some days, I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And today we are talking about blame and its destructive power on relationships. Before we give a little uh, test to see if you're a blamer, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you can find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. Her latest book, Living Beyond Pain, is so helpful to anyone struggling with chronic pain. And remember, listen to today's show anytime on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can share this with a friend. Well, before the break, we were talking about why we blame, even though we know it hurts our relationships. We talked about how it's a quick and easy response that helps us avoid talking about the real problems now. 
But what are some other reasons, Dr. Linda, to think about why we keep blaming? Think about when you're in a relationship and you're really upset with your partner and rather than address the problem, you know, blame can be one of those ways that you just attack somebody. It's a way to hurt your partner when there's conflict. So instead of addressing the issue, you go after the person. That's when you start hearing you, 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 you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which goes nowhere. And related to that, Chris, when you blame, it's kind of hard to listen to somebody. Mm, right. So you don't have to listen or you don't have to consider what the other person is saying. You can just you know, keep in your head thinking about what the next thing is you're going to say to that person to tell them how terrible they are. Well, it seems like to me, too, that when you make an issue black and white and make it just either this way or this way, it almost helps you get out of it a little easier if there are these stark differences. Yeah, and that's that avoiding of the consequence that we've been talking about. In some cases, it's just easier to tell a lie than deal with the consequences of the truth. And, <laughs> you know, that's, I think, what happens with kids a lot, right? They're just, mm. they're like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I don't want to deal with that. So I'm just going to tell a lie in this situation and hope that I can get out of it. And then I think one of the other ones is just, it's just a way when you're blaming people of justifying your own actions, and you're removing your conscience when you do that, mm. and you're just behaving poorly to someone, and you really don't care. Well, now that we understand more about what motivates us to blame, let's take a short quiz and see if we have a tendency to be a blamer. And you found this online at Psychology Today. Yeah, I think it's fun just to take a little you know, self-inspection quiz. I mean, there's nothing real highly scientific about these, but it does get us thinking. And so there's just four questions in this little quiz. So you need to think about what I'm saying and then answer honestly. Um, so the first one is, would it be normal for you to respond to someone with a problem by telling him or her why they are to blame for the problem? Okay, let me try an example here, Dr. Linda. A friend of mine says, my daughter won't speak to me. And I say, well, you've always been a little bit self-absorbed. Right. So that's a great example of that one. So think about if that's you when we read these questions. Here's the second one. In relationships with friends and family, do you often find yourself pointing the finger? Do you tell others how and why they're wrong using phrases of, and this is what you were talking about before in conflict, Chris, mm -hmm. you did it, it's your fault, you know, you're such a terrible person, right. I don't want to be around you. Okay, let me try this one. A friend of mine says, I didn't mean to hurt her feelings. I say, yes, you did. Yeah. Point the finger. That's the easy way to think of that one. The third one is when you confront difficulties or inconveniences that happen in your life, is it common for you to identify and ruminate over who or what is to blame? Mm. Let me try again, Dr. Linda. I'm, I'm on a roll. My <laughs> friend says, you seem to have a lot of debt. I say, well, my parents were never great with money. There you go. It's much easier to always blame your parents for things, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth one is when you are upset or in a difficult situation, do you frequently blame someone for making you feel that way? Okay. Well, let me give this one a shot. You make me this angry. Yeah. And I think you could add to that. You make me feel mm, right. angry because I've heard that so often in therapy. I could get rich if I had a nickel for every one time I've heard that. Mm -hmm. It's always about how the other person makes you feel. And I think we have to be really careful with that because... Nobody makes you feel anything. You know, you choose how you're going to respond to people. You can't always control what people do. But if you answered yes to any of those four questions, you might be considered someone who has a tendency to be a blamer. And if you answered yes to all of those questions, the four that we just asked, then you really need to think about your relationships <laughs> and what you're doing because it might be becoming a habit and you have to get aware of it in order to break it. So this quiz can be, well, it, it is convicting. 
It is. But, you know, the point is it's not a winning strategy in terms of building a healthy relationship and really trying to create unity, whether that's in the culture or whether that's in a family, because it really stops us from looking at our own issues. So we really do need to put a pause on this type of behavior. And one of the things that we need to understand about blame is that it can be contagious, too. So look around and what's going on in our culture. I mean, the news outlets just blame, blame, blame instead of reporting stories. At least that's sort of my take on this. You could listen to a story, a news story, and you could just count the number of times they blame somebody. People want to prognosticate on why this happened and who's responsible. Just If they would just tell the story, we can decide that for ourselves. I think so. I think that that's part of the problem, you know, is that they're just trying to have a quick fix, especially if they don't like the person. Then it's become this whole thing of going after somebody. Right. Well, we know how blame has damaged the national trust, as we've been saying. But the same is true in our intimate relationships. The fact is blame damages trust. It really does because it's reactionary and it signals a poor sense of self-control. And that really does hurt intimacy. And, you know, too often it's used to bring up the past and then just throw the past in somebody's face. And that is a definite no-no in relationship work. You don't want to keep throwing the past in someone's face because, first of all, that's not biblical. And especially if the person has asked for forgiveness and you're trying to move on from that. And it does not build trust or intimacy in that relationship. I think another problem with blame is that it assumes the negative in everything. It assumes a negative motive. And that isn't good for relationships either. No, and when you you go into that negative motive, that relates to something called attribution error. And that happens when we judge someone by some personal characteristic and we're overlooking the facts of a situation. So in other words, you know, we have this tendency to judge actions based on the kind of person we believe them to be rather than on the social or situational forces that might be in play. And in that process, we don't allow a person to make mistakes. The person is just bad like all bad. And when we start feeling like a person is bad in our relationships, rather than looking at their behavior, it takes the relationship to a very, very negative place. Mm, You don't get to the truth in that case. And you're looking for things in that person to support your belief that they are bad. Right. That's what that attribution error is all about, which means then you don't solve issues. You don't solve conflicts. You're stuck at what a bad person that relationship partner is. And certainly when you feel that way, there's no unity. So once couples or family members are angry and defensive like that, they're not going to listen. They're not going to work together. Well, do you think that blame gets worse in times of uncertainty? It seems like since the pandemic, we are so quick to blame everyone or anything for everything. Yeah. And what happens when there's a lot of uncertainty is that we look for a scapegoat. And the quicker we can point a finger or label someone responsible, then the better we feel like we've taken some type of control there. We find our villain. We feel better. And that can happen with a group or it can happen in our intimate relationship. Maybe our partner can become the villain. And then you just say, oh, I got to get out of this relationship. And I I see this in couple therapy all the time. One or both partners are pointing the finger at each other. And then there is a lot of attack because of anger. And the relationship self-destructs because there's so much negativity. That is very, very true. And Dr. Linda, if you didn't get so tired, we wouldn't have to do this, but it's time to take a break. (laughs) Are you blaming me for getting tired? (laughs) Is that the idea? Don't do that. We take breaks all the time. It has nothing to do with me. (laughs) Well, there I go again, playing the blame game. That's uh, right. You're doing it very well. That's right. Well, we do need to take the break. And when we come back, how do we talk to people and not use blame? Blame. 
Mother and daughter relationships are powerful, and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote, I Love My Mother, But a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I love my mother, but available on my website, drlindamintel.com or online where books are sold. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder, what is normal, and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits? Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices, easy changes, and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, will give you this confidence, the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today we are talking about blame and how destructive it is to relationships. And let me remind you that you can go to Dr. Linda's social media to find many articles on this topic. Go to her website, drlindamental.com, and that will connect you to her blog, other social media, and books. Okay, so let's take some time now to focus on ways to stop blame. We're ready for that, right? Right. <laughs> Could we broadcast this to the culture at large? <laughs> Send a copy of this to Washington and see what happens. Right, yeah. right. So what do we do in a relationship when we are upset at our partner because they did something hurtful or wrong? And how do we address it without playing the blame game? So one of the things that we have to do is think about when there is a problem, we just acknowledge there is a problem with the way Congress tends to blame people for all kinds of things. And if that were the case in a relationship, it would be the same solution. You need to address the problem, but you have to do it constructively. Make sure that you start a conversation with something like, something happened that hurt me or upset me, and I'd really like us to talk about it. I'm bringing it up so we can address the problem. Now, let me tell you what happened and how I felt. So that's the way you bring it up that is more constructive. It's not an accusation. When you want to address a problem, you still have to address problems, and that's important because you want to fix a problem or you want to repair a relationship or something that hurt you deeply. Mm. But constructively is how you do it. That is very different than pointing the finger at someone in anger and just outright accusing them. That approach does take down the defensiveness. It does. And when you do it the other way, where you're just pointing the finger, again, just a reminder, nothing gets repaired, nothing gets solved, and you're left with even more bad feelings. So who wants that result in their relationship? Does it help to be the one to take the lead on this and set an example? I think it does. You know, if you're stuck in a blame pattern, just own your own mistakes or failures. Start by modeling that in the relationship. Instead of blame, say something like, yes, I was being really insensitive, and I'm really sorry about that. 
you can begin to change it by modeling it in that relationship and change the pattern of that blame. Because so often what we see, Chris, is that one person blames and then the other one gets defensive and blames back and it just is this nonstop kind of cycle. So take responsibility by being the first person to take the lead to do it differently. You know, in other programs we have done, you've talked about changing your mindset and Do you have to change your mindset when it comes to blame and relationships? If you can approach problems with the idea that we're going to grow as a couple or as a friend or as a coworker, and we're going to learn from our mistakes, that's a change in mindset. That says that we want to have a safe place where we can admit to problems, admit to times when we don't do things well or we fail somebody. So it's important to make that a safe place to talk about mistakes and learn from you know, learn from mistakes in a relationship. This is really what grace is all about in the Christian faith. We aren't perfect. We need to cut each other a little bit of slack now and then. And that is a mindset shift from thinking that the person is just bad. You know, some companies actually reward people for making mistakes, as long as the mistakes can teach valuable lessons that lead to future innovation. I really like that. And Mm. maybe we need to apply that to some the same type of thinking to our relationships, maybe not reward mistakes, but be open to learning from our mistakes and look at it as a growth opportunity. You know, what if you really struggle with letting go of blame? What else can you do? So first, you have to be very intentional. Just make a decision that you're going to stop blaming and then ask yourself and, and think about what are the benefits of me doing this? Can I have a better relationship? Will I have more peace? Will I have freedom from anger? Will I be spending less time ruminating about how that person hurt me? And then write it down. Write down the benefits and tell a friend that you've made this decision. And if possible, I think it helps also to begin a journal dedicated to this decision that I'm going to stop blaming. So make the decision and then be accountable by telling someone. Then what? Start paying attention to your words. Make a conscious effort to become much more mindful of your blaming behavior. When you're able to catch the impulse to blame, just before it happens, pause, be silent, take two deep breaths, and then choose a different behavior. Practicing this time and again is how you break a habit. So if you catch yourself, even after you blame somebody, it's okay. Just realize you engaged in that behavior. Go back, apologize to the person, and then get back on your plan to respond differently. The more you practice, the more you're able to interrupt this negative pattern, and ideally, you'll make better choices and you'll be able to stop the behavior. Well, Dr. Linda, as we get to the end of the show today, uh, let's put a Christian perspective on blame. For example, Christians do blame their churches for lack of spiritual growth, and they blame each other for being hypocrites and all sorts of other things. Yeah, I think it's because we live in a culture where blame is rampant and it seeps into the church as well. But again, when we think about the root of blame, it can be a prideful thing because it involves refusing to look at your own flaws and focusing on the flaws of other people. So Chris, as people of faith, we want to live our lives with humility. We want to take responsibility where we need to and not own problems that are not of our own doing. As we move forward as a culture and in our relationships, let's all remember that we are broken We're prone to selfishness and problems, and we need to extend others a little more grace and ultimately stop the blame. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and social media director, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. 
Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.